Welcome to the King's Chapel Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. Psalms 133 in the Amplified Bible, it says, Behold, how good, how pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil poured on the beard, poured on the head, coming down the beard, even the beard of Aaron, coming down upon the edge of his priestly robes, consecrated the whole body. It's consecrating the whole body. It is like the dew of Mount Hermon, coming down on the hills of Zion, for there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. God, we thank you for your word tonight, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that in you we have eternal life. We thank you, Lord, that in you we have life, period. Hallelujah, Father. We're not zombies. We're not the walking dead, God. But we're alive in Christ. And Christ is alive in us and working in us and working through us both to do, hallelujah, and to perform his will on the earth, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, for the anointing. We thank you, Lord, for the power to represent you, Lord. We thank you for the Holy Spirit represented by the oil. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Praise God. I, you know, I grew up in Pentecost. You know, they were having revivals in the 1980s, and, um, and I got saved in the 1980s. It seems like, you know, a century ago, a long time ago. You say 1900, and the, and the, and the kids look at you like, dag, you old, you know. <laughs> and I wasn't even a baby then. I just got saved then, okay. It, it's crazy, but you know what? I came up when they were casting demons out of doorknobs, hallelujah, but they were some serious Christians. You didn't mess with these people. Hallelujah. You even mentioned the devil. They went right into warfare, Jack. You just, it was a crazy time, but I loved it. it we were on fire. We were full of the Holy Ghost and, and, and proud of it and full of the anointing of God. And we saw miracles, signs, and wonders. And that time is here again, here in this place, because we operate under one Holy Spirit, one God, one Savior. Oh, hallelujah. We are very powerful. Every place that, that God finds unity. He didn't, cre- he didn't create unity. It's where people decide to dwell together in unity. Then God commands the blessing. And in this place, we have the commanded blessing. And we're seeing miracles. We're seeing more and more miracles every time. You know, I, go to a, I do a lot of hospital visits on people and... And I always pray before I go in the hospital. I always pray music, whatever it takes me to get God centered in my vision. Not the person in the hospital bed. Not the people in the room. Not the doctors that come in and give their report. Whatever it may be, the evil most of the time. That they come in and bring the evil report. And I just keep my eyes on Jesus. And I just can't wait till they leave. So I can pray the prayer of faith. Now, there's, some of them have made the mistake of staying in the room when I pray, but that's on them, you know. So, you know, I'm not afraid of disturbing the person in the next bed. I'm praying the anointing will float over the curtain, hallelujah, and smack them right smack in the middle of their faces, because the anointing is real, the, the power is real, because God is real. There's, there's no doubt about it. So, you know, I go into hospitals and people, people just start screaming. 
Nurse, help me out. It happens every time I go. I don't go any place and it remains quiet. Every place I go. And if they're not making noise, then I'm making noise. And they will come in. I, I was ministering to somebody in the hospital. It was, might be 1 o'clock in the morning. And, and, the, and the security guard came in there because we were laughing a little bit. The, the security guard came in there and asked us to hold it down. And I, and I said, as soon as he left, I said, for that, he's going to pay a price. There's going to be a whole bunch of noise in this place. And we ain't going to be the ones making it. And he ain't going to come and ask them to be quiet. And, stuff. And, and about five minutes later, some little boy came in, some little 11-year-old kid, and he was screaming at the top of his lungs. And he was having a fit. And I, we were just sitting there, mm-hmm, and then, and then, yeah. <laughs> there is going to be noise. Everywhere our church goes, there's noise. This is not quiet. Everywhere Jesus goes, there's noise. People, people laughing, people singing. I mean, it's like when Pastor Daniel describes somebody getting healed and they ain't never walked before and they're walking. There's going to be noise. And so Jesus had noise everywhere he went because everywhere he went, he healed the sick. And in some cases, raised the dead. I'm talking about, I don't know about you, but if I get up out of a coffin, I'm not going to be quiet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah. Praise God. You're not going to be quiet either. If one of your kids get up out of a coffin, you ain't going to be quiet. They're going to have to call somebody. They'll need help. I warn them myself. Look, if I get up, go get help. <laughs> In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 3, I'm reading from the Amplified Version, by the way. It says, make every effort to keep the oneness of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Each individual working together to make the whole successful. The word for unity in this passage is henotes. It means unity or agreement. And God is asking us to keep agreement. And I want you to know that that to have unity only takes one thing, your choice. We can, dis, we, can, we can choose to have disputes over anything and over everything, or we could choose to agree on what we agree on and move on, get the job done. You know, that's why, you know, a pumpkin patch is so successful. It's not because we give out a whole bunch of candy. Is because we come together in one place in one accord and God commands the blessing there. When we do something, when we go out into the highways and byways and we are in one accord, when we go to, we go to Walmart and witness to people, there's a, there's a unity in the one accord that comes upon us as we walk through the place that, that causes boldness to come on us. Unity will cause boldness to come upon you. You won't be afraid as long as you know that the people are with you. You know, and sometimes you're going to have to learn that the only one that's with you is God. And you don't have to be afraid when you know that God is with you. That's why I sit out in the parking lot before I go into the hospital. Because I'm not going in there by myself. I'm going in there with somebody who, who can do something about the situations that we face. So I've seen people, you know, I told the last, the second to the last person I went to the hospital to see I told him, you know, I, I have a good track record of coming into the hospital and people going home healed. And I said, and I told the person, I said, don't mess me up. 
Okay. <laughs> so, you know, so, so they, you know, they laughed, you know. But, you know, every, every person that you go into the hospital to pray for ain't in a good mood. And I, I understand that. But I try to go in there with good news to tell them that they don't have to be that way. You know, I've gone in and prayed for people I don't know. And, and they've got up and they went home. And when they were, they were dying. You know, I went, I went to the hospital with Pastor Daniel when he told that boy that didn't know he was dying that he was dying. <laughs> And I know it was a serious moment, but I, it took every ounce of strength I had to hold on to, to myself, to keep myself in check. Because I almost busted out laughing. I almost spit all over the place, which is, which is why I'm standing up here and not down there. I know y'all probably wondering, oh, why didn't he put the pulpit down there and, you know, and, and walk amongst the people? Because I could get excited, and then all of me gets excited, and, that, and then... <laughs> Then y'all wouldn't be so excited. Okay, y'all be like, <laughs> what, what in the world? <laughs> now, in Genesis chapter 11, it talks about a people. All the people of the earth had the same language. They all spoke and they, they all had the same mind to build a city. And in that city, build a tower of Babel. And God said, no. He said, I never told them to go build a city. I told them to go and multiply and subdue the earth. And they're trying to build a city and build a tower in that city that will come up to heaven. And, you know, God never knocked down the tower. But he, what he did was confuse their language so that they wouldn't be in, in unity. He said, there's nothing that they set their mind to that they cannot do. Now, this is apart from the Holy Spirit God empowerment and everything. This is a result of them deciding to dwell together in unity. And I'm telling you that when we dwell together in unity, when we put up our little checkbook, oh, you know what? She's got holes in her jeans. You know, well, you know, those are way too tight, you know, and whatever else, you know, you know, that we hold against each other. It's not worth the power of unity that will be released inside of us. This is not only true in a church. It's true in a marriage. It's true in a family. You know, it's so important. It's true in our government. If they would just get together for just a few minutes, we can have more prosperity than what we have here. If we could just find an accord in a unity in Washington, if you weren't Republican or Democrat, what you need to be is American. And you need to push America forward. Because a country who has leadership in, in unity will also have a country that's in unity. And we won't, we won't divide. You know, division is an enemy that comes in. You can, you can see a certain event. You can see a brother and sister. And you can totally misinterpret what's really going on unless you get involved. You know, nobody wants to be involved. Everybody wants to be a critic. And everybody wants to hold up cue cards and, and give people a, a, a judgment from one to nine about what they think about everything about them. You know, so we got to be careful. You know, you're too fat. You're too skinny. You're, you're too tall. You're too short. 
all this stuff that we can divide over, we got to give it up. We got to stop babbling against each other. You know, the Bible says, you know, be careful that you bite, that you do not bite and devour one another. You eat yourselves up. You mention, we're building a church on top of a hill in the middle of town. And the devil's just not going to go to sleep and go, oh, let him build it. He's, he's not going to do that. He's going to try to do everything he can. And all he has to do is get somebody to agree with him about any of us. All he's got to do is, that's why marriages are so tough. Because the power of agreement in a marriage, ooh, that's something the devil have a hard time with. When a mom and dad get together, a husband and wife get together, Satan is finished. And he is done. When they pray, they make plans together. Because one will put a thousand of flight to ten thousand. And that's, that's powerful, exponential mathematics. Okay, that is crazy. And then you start having kids. Oh my goodness. And you get them in agreement. And then it's over for him. You wipe the whole thing out. The, Satan doesn't mind you doing a thousand. He don't want you to do. He don't want you to do the ten thousand thing. You know. Now you're starting to you know really bother him. He might can handle the one thousand. Want to put a thousand in flight, but two to ten thousand. And then when you talk about a church, oh my goodness. There'll be hell in hell because of the church that stands together in unity. When we come in agreement that we're going to build that church on top of the hill with all our heart, with all our might, with all our strength, there's no power on earth that can stop us from building the building. The power of unity. That's why we pray things like we're going to take this city. We don't mean that we're going to get armed with AK-47s and go out and shoot everybody. That's not how we take a city. You know, when God wanted to subdue a world, he didn't send his army. He could have. But what he did was planted a garden. And he, he put two people in it. said, now y'all be in agreement about this, about what I'm about to tell y'all. Y'all go and subdue the earth. You know, and everything will be subject to you. The devil don't like us. He don't have any rights down here. So if he only has what we let him have. In Acts chapter 2, it says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came the sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the house and they, where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them Divided tongues as a fire, and one set on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, you can either believe that or discount that or throw that out or erase that out of your Bible. You can try to do that. But there is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And you should seek after it and you should get it. We believe in it, okay, as a church. And you can have opposition to that, but I, I admonish you not to oppose the word of God. Get in agreement with it. Change your mind. Change your heart. Conform to the very image of the invisible God who is clearly seen through his word in the Bible. Jesus is the living word. We beheld his glory as the only begotten 
of the Father, full of grace and glory. I mean, full of power. Whoa. And you know, we, none of us, none of us hate to feel powerless. I, I, I hate to feel weak. I hate to feel trapped. And I hate to feel like I, don't, I can't do anything about it. But let me tell you something. The truth of the matter is, you can do something about it. You plus Jesus in any situation and circumstances is a majority. I don't care what their name is. I don't care what their title is. I don't care how much money they got. If God be for you, who can be against you? Get in agreement with God. Get in agreement with God's word. Stop playing religious games. Stop your religious arguments. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Women shouldn't be leaders in a church. I'm sorry. You can believe that all you want to, but that does not line up. You know, the Bible says there's neither Jew nor Greek, bond nor free, male nor female. Not in the kingdom. And that's what we're talking about. We're praying God's kingdom come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And it's not talking about any kind of relationships that you have with people. It's talking about being kingdom people, being kingdom minded, you know, representing the kingdom and not yourself. Not what you think, not what you feel, because this church is doing a lot to help people. We do it because we do it together. You know, we are one. You know, I love you guys. I love you guys more than you guys will ever know. Because one thing I understand that, that we, we have to love each other. It's not a choice. It's a command. See to it that you love one another. You know, my goodness. And you can't love one another with, with putting your opinion above the word of God. The traditions of men above the word of God. You have to operate in the kingdom by kingdom rules, which are written for you in the Bible. In John chapter 17, Jesus goes through a discourse and prays some of the most powerful prayer. I mean, it's a whole chapter. If you look at it, it's a whole chapter on prayer. He's praying a whole chapter. My goodness. It ought to be your favorite one. It's a good one. Praise God. Hallelujah. And so when you... When you read John chapter 17, it's one of the most beautiful and most powerful prayers. Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son, that your son may also glorify you as you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given to as many as you have given him. And this eternal life, that they may know, this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. And now, O oh Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. Before Abraham was I am, you know, so he was there <laughs> in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Uh, 
goes on in verse 6 and says, I have manifested your name to the men whom you have given me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me and they have kept your word. Now they have known that all things which you have given me are from you. For I have given to them the, the words which you have given me and they have received them. And have known surely that I came from you and they have believed that you sent me. Only because of the words that he spoke. Not because of the power that he displayed and the miracles that he done. But the word of God that is spoken out of our mouths. You know, we're not just hearers of the word. We're doers of the word. Hearing the word is, is nothing if you're not going to do the word. God's more interested in you doing the word. Then he is in you hearing. You know, so, you know, people read the Bible and they think that that makes them strong and that makes them powerful. But only the people that do the Bible are the strong and the powerful ones. Wow. And in verse 9, it says, I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but those whom you have given me, for they are yours. And all are mine, and all mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. Now I, have no, now I am no longer in the world, but these that are in the world, I, and I come to you. Wow. And I come to you. Holy Father, keep through your name those whom you have given me, that they may be one as we are one. God's will is that we be one, one mind and one heart. Hallelujah. And that's a choice that we make. That's not a situation or a circumstance. We can, we can decide to divide or we can decide to be one. And it's easy to be, be one when everything is good. But when, th- when somebody says some manner of evil against you, out of their perspective, you can, um, you can start firing back or you can humble yourself. You know, I have this thing. If God don't defend you, you can't be defended. So I'll let God do all my fighting for me. You know, I talk a lot about fighting, but you know that in the kingdom, the best way to fight is to get out of the ring. You got a champion that fights for you. Hallelujah. You ain't, you ain't got to deal with me. You got to deal with him. I've seen it time and time again. You know, I, was, I, was, I used to work in a prison when I was in Hawaii. And when I was, when I was working there, they, they made a lady, the supervisor over me. And she was a lesbian. And um, that didn't bother me. Didn't bother her either. But, <laughs> you know, you know she, I found out she was an ex-Catholic. So I, I witnessed to her one day. And, and I told her about Jesus. And I told her what would happen, what she was risking if she continued in the lifestyle that she was living. And she said, yeah, I fully know what the Bible says will happen to me. You know, if I, if I die in my condition, I said, well, that's good. 
I said, now that you've known that, I've fulfilled my obligation of sharing the gospel with you. And I said, I'm never going to bring this subject up again unless you bring it up. She never did. I never did. But, you know, I, I, I got to go on and just love on her. Amen. You know, when I, when I left the prison, she, she gave me a, a leather-bound Bible with my name on it, and it was a Dake's Bible. Oh, wow. It was pretty cool. You know, you know, Dakes, you might as well say it's an expensive Bible. So <laughs> it was and leather bound too. But I was happy. You know, she was happy. And I, and I really did truly, God gave me a love for her. And she knew it. And her friends knew it. You know, so people didn't try to mess with her. And they didn't try to mess with me because of her. So it was pretty cool. <laughs> Unity is a choice. You know, I, I fulfilled my biblical obligations toward her. And, um, and then I just decided to love on her. And that was cool. It says in verse 20, it says, I do not pray for these alone, but for those who will believe in me through their word. That's us. That they all may be one. As you, Father, are in me and I in you that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you have sent me. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one just as you and I are one. I in them and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one. That the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Wow, God has a great love for you. Because you decide to be one. You decide to believe Jesus and take him at his word that his father, that Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, you may be also. You know, what, what kind and generous words those are. He says, man, I got a place. I got a bad pad <laughs> up in heaven, Jack. No mosquitoes. You know what I'm saying? You know, ain't no roaches. You know, you come, you know, you can run around as you please. Hallelujah. You know? God is good. He's a good God. And I already got my mansion. I got my place. And so do you. If you do what God tells you to do. If you obey him. I got to move on. You know, let me go back to Ephesians chapter 4 and start in verse 1. It says, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord. Now, I want you to know that when Paul wrote this, he was in jail. That's why he said, I'm, I'm a prisoner of the Lord. I was doing the Lord's work, and they arrested me for it. <laughs> he was letting them know, man, I wasn't no, I wasn't no thief, man. I didn't steal nothing. I didn't beat nobody. I didn't jack nobody. I'm in jail because of the gospel. Okay. And he says, I beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you are called, with all loneliness and gentleness and long, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body, one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. You know, I had, to, I had to go to a trial today and sit in the courtroom and testify. 
And you know, and they asked me all this stuff about I believe. Do you believe in the laying on the hands? Do you believe in speaking in tongues? And I'm like, oh, what that's got to do with a, with a trial? And I was like, yeah, I believe. I said, let me tell you. I said, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a ghetto boy. I, I come from Cleveland, Ohio. I come from the projects. I said, nobody could convince me that there was a God. I said, God had to show up in my life and introduce himself to me, which he did. And then I became a believer, and it changed my life. And, and, and I believe that God can change people because he changed me. And if he can change me, he can change anybody. I wanted to hallelujah myself. Hallelujah. I wanted to get up and, yeah, baby, too. Ask me another question, you know. <laughs> Woo. Hallelujah. When you're full of the spirit, you can... You can have fun anywhere you at. Even in jail, writing a letter to the, to the Ephesian church. Okay, it was like, I'm in jail, y'all come help me. You know, somebody pay my bail. It was none of that. <laughs> it was like, you guys got to be powerful. Y'all got to walk in unity. Y'all got to walk as one. Come on, guys. Hey. You know? <laughs> Hallelujah. There's a guy named A.W. Tozer. Anybody know who A.W. Tozer is? If you don't know who A.W. Tozer is, you better get an A.W. Tozer book. He wrote a book, Unity That Brings Revival. And in this book, he says, every place where you see the miracles of God happening, where people are in one accord, the one accord did, the, God's blessing didn't come, and then the people got in one accord. If you read in, in Acts chapter 4, these people, you know, shared everything in common. They said they were with great boldness. They witnessed, and then the room was shook. When people decide to gather together in one place, in one accord, when they see us hanging out with each other, you know, the Muppets hanging out with each other, you know, doing the Muppet thing, the people come in here and they get encouraged, they get saved, they get healed. When they see the unity of the body of Christ represented here in this room, when they walk into this mess, they're like, this is what I want. This is what I said. Because we're, we do all together in unity, God commands the blessing. God shows up and shows himself strong on behalf of those who believe him, who stand on this word, who walk in this word. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you, hallelujah, and I will back you up. I will go with you. I will ride. I'll be your ride and die. We'll just hang out together. We'll go and we'll face the gates of hell and tear them down. What used to defeat you, we'll get together and go, one will put a thousand to flight, two ten thousand. I'll bring a couple of my buddies with me, Jack, and we will tear some stuff up. We will tear some stuff down. Hallelujah. We'll break down some walls. I've seen everything. Not everything, but I've seen a lot of things. Okay? And I've walked in houses where, where kids were acting stupid. And I'm just like, you got, to, you got to calm down. You know? I had to go in and reason with unreasonable people. You know, I said, you know, I, I walk in and, and counsel me. Oh, my daughter is going like, you know, I was worse than your daughter. I'm just thinking like that. I was worse than her. Good Lord. You know? And God saved me. And if he saved me, he can save anybody. There's nothing too hard for the Lord. 
You know, there's people just all over the place in all kind of crazy situations. You know some of them. You're related to some of those crazy people. You were that crazy before. You've just forgotten. You got to go back a little bit and remember that you was crazy too. You know, I would have drove my kids crazy except for I remember that I was crazier than they was. I was like, oh, I need to calm down. I need to take a step back. You know, and I just need to relax a little bit and let Jesus into the situation. And if I let Jesus into the situation, then he'll handle it for me. You know, some of you, you got relatives out there running crazy, all goofy, running off down in the, in, in the middle of highways and, and running off and doing all kinds of crazies, and you're upset about that. You know what? The power of prayer. Get somebody in agreement with you. You and your husband, you and your family, y'all get together, y'all pray for them. And if that don't work, bring, y'all come to church. And your, your family and the family and the body of Christ, we'll get to praying for it. And we'll watch what God can do. One to put a thousand a flight, two, ten thousand, three, four. There's 70, 80, there's over 100 people in here tonight. We can put some, we can send the enemy running. Right. I'm talking about we can put them to flight. He run, arr, 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 out here with his tail between his legs. You ever seen a, a scared dog run? That'll be the enemy running out of here because we pray. We stand together in unity. You know, I care more about where you're going than where you've been. What you used to, because I used to be something terrible. You know, I've been used to being something hard. There's something wrong about a rebellious, smart person. I mean, very intelligent, make very intelligent arguments about nothing. It's an amazing. I've seen that happen before. I used to work for NASA. I've seen guys argue about black holes. And I've seen them make all these great statements about black holes and they amaze each other. And I said, hey, none of them never seen no black hole. No, nobody knows what's in a black hole, but they're sitting there having these lofty conversations about stuff they know nothing about. And I'm going like, whoa. You know, they sound good. I mean, if you get into it, but I just knew the foolishness. Oh, their arguments. Let me tell you something. Nobody that's not saved is smarter than you. You never got to worry about some, what some heathen is talking about. About all they know and all that they have and all that they do. It's absolutely worthless. I knew one of the richest men on the island of Kauai were going to the most beautiful places in the world where I lived for 27 years. Okay, and this man turned 60 and he died. And now he worked out. And I've been in this house before. He had Buddha statues in his front place. I knew people that worked for him. And, you know, the guy was unhappy. You know, if I had, a, if I had you know, multiple millions of dollars, I think that I wouldn't be unhappy. I wouldn't be mad at nobody. I wouldn't be upset because you decided to, to grow pink roses instead of red ones. I, you know, it wouldn't even bother me one bit. You know, as a matter of fact, you wouldn't bother me one bit. I just, I, 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 you know, there's nothing you can say to me like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got 10 million bucks, dude. I ain't got time for you. You know what I'm saying? And these people are mad all the time about something that they have no control over and they're mad about it. Come on. Come on. See, dude, give me the $10 million. Let me show you how to live. <laughs> But you know what? It just comes from being in Christ. And when we're in Christ, we are, we are literally physically and spiritually in love. And I love God's people. And I'm going to take your side 
over the devils 100% of the time. And I don't care what people say about y'all. You know, because... You know, you know what people say about us. If we listen to them, like, we wouldn't even come to church. Right. I've heard some crazy stuff that, you know, like, like Pastor Daniel always laughs, that, that rich church. You know, I'm like, oh, my goodness. You've never been in a building project. I can see that. <laughs> you know. People say, why y'all building that church so big? And it's, it's smaller than we, we originally designed it, by about 20 feet. I just let y'all in on a little secret. You know, we shortened the building 20 feet. You know, sometimes you got to make these little compromises, you know, to, to make people happy. So we did that. We shortened it 20 feet, you know, so we cut the platform in half or something like that. But <laughs> basically is what we did. But you know what? We're going to build a church on top of a hill, and it's only going to happen if we dwell together in unity. Because then God's going to command the blessing. He's going to command the money to come in. And when God commands something, people just like, I don't know why I'm doing this. I'm just, you know, here, take this before I just like fall apart. You know, okay. Sure, we will alleviate your pain. You know, <laughs> praise God. But we're going to do it, church. We're going to take Wasilla for the Lord Jesus Christ. We are going to live in a Christian city the first Christian city inside of the, uh, the first Christian state in these United States. And the other states will follow us because we will show them that it can be done. Amen. You know, people are amazed. How can you little bit of people do that big thing? Because it ain't about us. It's about him that is in us. It's about him who has commanded us, him who is directing us. And it's going to take love and it's going to take unity to do it. We got to be in one place, in one mind, in one accord. Oh, I love this. Let me close with this, you know, via my buddy A.W. Tozer. You know, unity is like this. It's like a bunch of instruments. You know, you ever been to a concert? You ever been to a concert hall? You ever been to a symphony and everybody is practicing? And they're like, yeah, and there's all kind of music. Boom, boom, boom. And it, it, it sounds like a mess if you, if you go in there right before the concert. But the concert starts when the conductor comes out and takes that little stick and taps it on the, on the, on the whatever he got there. Tack, 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 tack. Everybody like, Phew. and he goes like this, and everybody sinks up. And then he goes, he starts moving his hand, and, and, and all these different noise-making instruments make the most beautiful symphonic sound all in harmony and all in unity. When Pastor Daniel comes up and he goes tick, 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 tick under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, and he goes like this and we just, we just make music. We make the most beautiful sound heard in heaven. It's, it's us coming in unity, us coming in one accord. Woo! Making an impact on our state. And they go like, you know, why can't, why can't we stop them? from building the building because they are unified. They're of one mind. 
We're going to build a building, and we ain't going to listen to other people, especially our unsaved, crack-smoking relatives, want to come up and tell us. <laughs> you know, we just get we just beat up by the littlest thing. Shut up. <laughs> Praise God. Well, I hope you got something tonight. Hallelujah. One place, one accord. And then the Holy Spirit comes. Hallelujah and blesses us all. If you're here tonight, you can't be in one place in one accord if the Spirit of God doesn't live inside of you. And there's only one way to get the, the, the Spirit of God to live inside of you. That's by receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You may be here tonight and listen to this message. Maybe this is the first message you ever heard that talked about Jesus and talked about the kingdom of God and talked about one place and one accord and everything that goes with that, the forgiveness of one another, the letting stuff go. Hallelujah. And deciding to have unity where you can only do that if our spirit is the same. And the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead can be alive in you today. All you do is have to simply pray a prayer of surrender. Surrender to Jesus. Not to a man, not to a church, not to an organization, but to Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. The one who loves you, the one that will fill you full of his power. And he will make you stronger than your enemies. He will overcome things that have overcome you. He will make you an overcomer, make you a producer of power in other people. And your friends will stop suffering. Your friends will stop dying. Your friends will stop being life run by cigarettes and cocaine and, and crack. Your family will start healing. I was the first person in my family that really had a relationship with God. And now most of my family is saved. I still got some hard-headed ones. I still got some ones that's, that's living a kind of compromised life. But I, I'm done with listening to them or looking at them. I will see them with the eyes of Jesus the way Jesus saw me, you know. And I will love them because God loved me. And I have a love enough that God has given me for them. And you too, God can restore the love in your life. God can heal you. God can deliver you. God can set you free from all those things that, that bind you and that trouble you. From, God will set you free from your nightmares. He will make you stronger than all those things that oppress you. And he will set you free and you will never be bound again. All you have to do is pray a simple prayer of faith. And God will come into your life, come into your heart, be your Lord and Savior. If you're here tonight and you want to receive Jesus for the first time, or you want to re just rededicate your life to him because you know that you've gone a little astray and you didn't get off into some stuff, and you know that God don't want you in, but you want to get back right with him. Or maybe if you just want to affirm your faith to you know, the devil's been lying to you. You're not going to heaven. There is no heaven. All that kind of crazy stuff. And you want to affirm your faith. Just simply, if you fit in any of those three categories, just simply raise your hand and say, Pastor, pray for me. I want to pray for you. Anybody here want to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior tonight? Anybody want to rededicate their life to him tonight? Hallelujah. Thank you for that hand. Thank you for that hand. Hallelujah. Let's all stand. And repeat this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus. Oh, say it like you mean it, Lord Jesus. I'm asking you tonight to forgive me of all my sins. 
Forgive me for all my mistakes. Come into my life. Come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Write my name in your book of life and make heaven my home. Thank you, Jesus, for hearing my prayer. Thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me. And thank you, Jesus, for loving me. In your precious name, I pray. Amen. Let me pray for you, Father. I thank you that all those that made that declaration, that you're their Lord and you're their Savior, and they've invited you to be Lord over their lives, Lord, that you now live within them, God. And that, Lord, whenever we make a mistake, whenever we, whenever we fail, whenever we mess up, we will never run from you, but we always will run to you to, to receive forgiveness, grace, understanding, encouragement, and salvation, and love. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you for, for hearing my message tonight. And thank you for praying the prayer of rededication. First thing you need to do is you need to tell somebody you received Jesus. Tell your, tell your mama, hallelujah, tell your daddy, tell all your friends that Jesus is Lord of your life. Hallelujah. They won't believe you, but that's not why you're telling them. You, you're telling them, hallelujah, so that when they see that you're different over a period of time, they'll know why. Hallelujah. And that they can be different too. One last thing I want to do. I'm going to be here. If you're having trouble with this unity thing, if you have ought against your brother and your sister and you can't shake it, if you have unforgiveness in your life or you just need prayer for, for any reason, I want you to come as we dismiss. When, as soon as I dismiss people, you can start to come up here. I'll be here with me and my wife. Hallelujah. And a, and a few of my ministry friends. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this people that are called to King's Wasilla, Lord, and to be a part of this church and a part of the kingdom of God. Lord, that you would bless them, Lord, that you would give them unity in their homes, unity in their heart, Lord. Hallelujah, Father, that they'll live blessed, that you will command the blessing, Lord, over their lives, God. Save their unsaved loved ones. Heal their sick. And wherever possible, God, raise their dead. Bless their lives in Jesus' name. The Lord bless you and keep you. Lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. I'll see you tomorrow. Hallelujah. Early morning prayer. Don't forget the Joneses are coming. And I'm telling you, if you've never heard these people sing, you got to... Whoa, bring some friends. Hallelujah. We're going to be here Friday night from 6 to 8. And I do believe the Joneses will be leading that, that section of praise and worship for us. So come. You won't be disappointed. And if you need prayer, I want you to come. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, 
Don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.